and Joshua's death was 700 years. He died in 1427 B.C. <clears throat> King David took the throne. It's recorded in 2 Samuel 5. That's 1,048, which is another 30, 380 years. <clears throat> then we have the fall of Jerusalem in Daniel 1, and we had the cross in 33 A.D. That's 2160 years, give or take, here. From the cross to the day, we're 1980 years. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> a lot has happened, but this period in here, <laughs> we don't talk a lot about. This is the time when Israel disobeyed, and God and Arch told us last year, uh, last week, that, that uh, Joshua told him, he says, I know you, you mean well. And all the years of Joshua, all the years of the elders that were there, they were obedient to what the Lord had to say. But the time was coming when they didn't do what they, God told them. He says, don't marry those local girls, they'll get you in trouble. And he said, uh, he said go and be faithful to me. Don't have any other gods before me. And that's basically what happened in this thousand years here. They lost their first love. And across the, the years, we'll come back to the Old Testament where we'll understand uh, what we're doing there. <clears throat> Galatians was <clears throat> written about 24 years after the cross. And <clears throat> Paul came to know the Lord about... <clears throat> about a, um, a year after uh, Jesus died. So we're going to start in the book of Acts. Uh, go to the book of Acts and then hold a finger uh, there and go to Colossians, the fourth, the Colossians, the fourth chapter. <clears throat> uh, have you ever heard me say that... Uh, that everyone who wrote in our canon that we call our Bible was Jewish, with the exception of Dr. Luke. Have you ever heard me say that? Yes. Yes, sir. Last, in the last couple of weeks, I was listening to a TV preacher, and that's good and bad. <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, he says everybody that wrote in, in the book was Jewish. He said, some people say Dr. Luke. Well, that got me thinking. Art and I will never, ever teach you something that's wrong. And we might be misinformed ourselves, and if that's the case, you come talk to us, and we'll, we'll, we'll try to get it straight. But after this TV preacher said that, I says, I've got to do some study. Because it's one of those things, it's kind of like Bud Wilson and I, we tell so many stories of each other that we believe we start believing them. You know? <laughs> so I said, well, maybe I've told it so much that I that I started to believe it. Every commentator that I that I looked up, it says uh, uh, that Paul uh, Luke, excuse me, Luke was a Gentile. And go to Colossians chapter four, and I just want to say this as way as of uh, uh, you understanding where we come from, uh, when, when Pat, the fourth chapter of Colossians,
beginning of the verse says, uh, as to my affairs, he says, Ticketus uh, uh, is going to uh, bring you uh, word and bring you information, for I have sent him to you, verse 8, for this very purpose. Verse 9, with him is Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, one who is of your number. Ten, I can't pronounce that guy's name. And also Barnabas and his cousin Mark. And in verse 11, and also Jesus who is called Justice. These are the only fellow workers of the kingdom who are from the circumcision. Now Paul uses <laughs> circumcision all the time to distinguish who is a Jew and who is not a Jew. The Jews were circumcised. So therefore, he says, they are from the circumcision. The uncircumcised were Gentiles. So what he says here in verse 11, Jesus, and he's talking about these people all the way back to verse 7. He says, these are the only fellow workers of the kingdom God, uh, of God who are from the circumcision and that have proven to be an encouragement from, to me. And then he goes on and lists in verse 4, Luke, the beloved physician. If Luke was of the circumcision, if he was a Jew, Paul would have been faithful to list him in the other groups. But Paul was not, and this is my proof text. So the TV preacher was wrong. <laughs> what we've been teaching you is right. And so I just needed to say it. Because who wrote the book of Acts? Luke. Through Luke. Luke wrote the book of Acts. He also wrote the book of Luke. <coughs> and it was, they were kind of commission works because he says in the first few chapters, he says Theophilus. So Theophilus paid him to do it, encouraged him to do it. And he, he says in both cases that Theophilus <coughs> was uh, the one that he is addressing his writing to. Okay, so that takes us to the book of Acts and a lot has happened. Last week, we turned to uh, chapter 7 in Acts. Now, I'll try to stay in Acts now for the lesson today. In, in the 7th chapter of Acts, we have this in, in 45, 45 verses. All of this time. All the way from King, King David all the way back to Abraham. Stephen <coughs> and Art mentioned this last Sunday and, and, and as he taught. This is one of those pieces of scripture. Where, where is, does it say about the resurrection? You need to say it. 1 <clears throat> Corinthians 15. Where is the Old Testament Ten Commandments? You can go to Deuteronomy 5 or Exodus chapter 20. You need to just know that. Says, well, what happened to all these thousand, two thousand years here? Not quite two thousand. 1,400 years, go to Acts chapter 7, which was Stephen's sermon. And what happened? Stephen, Stephen got saved, and he, he was on fire for the Lord. <clears throat> and he was, he was preaching. He was doing miraculous things uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit. And, and he had stirred up the Jews again. And he says, so they went to the high priest. And he said, what about this? And in verse 1 of chapter 7, and the high priest said, are these things so? And that was like saying, 
Second, Stephen says, let me tell you about it. And for 45 verses there, he from Abraham to King David, what happened? What happened to the people? But you know what Stephen didn't say? He didn't say anything about these years. He skipped. <laughs> he skipped from King David to the cross. Let's look right, right quick in chapter, in chapter 7. Uh, <clears throat> chapter 7. Um, let's, let's see. Uh, 44, verse 44. Our fathers had the tabernacle of the testimony of the wilderness, just as he spoke to Moses, directed him to make it according to the pattern which he had seen. And having brought it in their turn, our fathers brought it with, with uh, Joshua on dis, uh, disposing the, hand, the nations whom God drove out before our fathers until the time of David. David found favor in God's sight, <clears throat> and he was a mighty dwelling place for the house of God. And then he goes on uh, in verse 51. He says, you stiff-necked people. He says, you killed the one that came to save you. And he says, this, uh, verse 52, which one of the prophets did your fathers not persecute and kill those who had previously announced the coming of the righteous one? Uh, verse 53, you did not receive the law as ordained by angels, and you did not keep it. Well, they got very upset, and they began to pick up some stones. And they started stoning him. Verse 56, he said, Behold, I see the heavens open, the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. They cried with a loud voice and covered their ears and rushed to him with one voice. They began to drive him out of the city. They began stoning him. And the witnesses laid their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. Saul. Chapter 8. Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death. And on the day, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem. They were all scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Some devout men buried Stephen and made loud lamentations over him. But Saul began ravaging the church and entering house after house and driving off men and women, and he put them in prison. Saul. Okay. Look at chapter 9. This is a lengthy part, but it's important for you to listen to it. I've asked Art to read this part in chapter 9. <coughs> Now Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he was traveling, it happened that he was approaching Damascus, and suddenly from heaven, I'm sorry, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul. Why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and it will be told you what you must do. The men who traveled with him stood speechless, 
hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. And leading him by the hand, they brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias? And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Get up, and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. He has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much harm he did to your saints at Jerusalem, and here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Annas departed and entered the house, and after laying his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he regained his sight. And he got up and was baptized, and he took food and was strengthened. Now for several days he was with the disciples who were at Damascus, and immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. All those hearing him continued to be amazed and were saying, Is this not he who in Jerusalem destroyed those who called on his name, and who had come here for the purpose of bringing them bound before the chief priests? But Saul kept increasing in strength and confounding the Jews who lived at Damascus by proving that this Jesus is the Christ. When many days had elapsed, the Jews plotted together to do away with him, but their plot became known to Saul. They were also watching the gates day and night so that they might put him to death. But his disciples took him by night and led him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a large basket. When he came to Jerusalem, he was trying to associate with the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took hold of him and brought him to the apostles and described to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had talked to him and how at Damascus he had spoken out boldly in the name of Jesus. And he was with them, moving about freely in Jerusalem, speaking out boldly in the name of the Lord. And he was talking and arguing with the Hellenistic Jews, but they were attempting to put him to death. But when the brethren learned of it, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him away to Tarsus. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed peace being built up, going on in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it continued to increase. Miracle. This man who was killing and persecuting <coughs> Christians on the road to Damascus met who? Met Jesus. Met Jesus. Met Jesus. Today, we hear a lot about God. <clears throat> but it's Jesus that parts the water. The name of Jesus. Philippians tells us that His name, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that He is God. How do you come to the cross? Through Jesus. How do you gain access to heaven? Through Jesus. Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And what did Paul preach? He preached 
Jesus. Now they were scared, and rightly so. They had every every reason to. You know, word travels fast. Evidently, it did in these days. I mean, pretty fast <laughs> with uh, with what we go. Every good news and bad news. You know, if you were on Facebook this week. You you saw that uh, that uh, I heard they exactly. Why? What's the name? No, John oh. Rivers, but the white boy. Betty White. Thank oh. you, Phil. Betty White had died. Mm. Well, I, I was, it was fast. And bad news travels fast. And erroneous news travels fast. You know, like I said, it's got to be true. It came from the internet. But anyway, uh, that's part of, part of that. Uh, so they heard about Saul. And they wanted to be sure. But Barnabas, he's my, one of my favorite characters in the New Testament. Son of encouragement. He said, come on, Saul. I'll take you to the right people. He was a cheerleader. You don't hear much about Barnabas. But he was a great man. He was a cheerleader in there. Chapter 10 tells us about Peter. That Cornelius, who was a, a centurion in the Roman army, and he was a devout follower of the Lord, and he was praying, and the, his prayers were interrupted. And God told him, Cornelius, send men to Joppa. And there's a man called Simon there. Go get him. <laughs> so he did. He sent one of his uh, <clears throat> military leaders and two of his servants, and he says, go to Joppa. Paul, <clears throat> excuse me, Saul at this time, was upstairs praying. Upstairs praying. I'm wrong. Peter was <laughs> up. Change the subject. Peter was upstairs praying. And he says, <clears throat> he says, go downstairs. There's men at the gate. And they want to see And they came. They told him their business. They wanted to take him back to where Cornelius was. He says, don't be afraid to go. Go. But in the upstairs where when Peter was praying, he, he had a vision. And you, you've heard the, the vision of the sheep coming down with all of the animals in it. And he said, rise and eat. And he says, Lord, I haven't eaten anything but clean. He says, what I have called clean, don't you call clean. And so then he says, okay, I'll go. He went to Cornelius' house. And the first thing he said, he says, you know, I'm a Jew. I'm not supposed to be associating myself with you. But the Lord said, come. Here I am. And Cornelius says, the Lord told me to sin for you, and I did. And he says, all my family is here. Tell us what you got to say. All his family was there. He gathered them all together, waiting for what Peter had to say. And all of them were saved. And that little turning point there was, leap, was from Peter leaving the Gentiles, uh, leaving the Jews, and going to the Gentiles. And so that's where we are. Then Peter reports in chapter 11 and the apostles and the brethren who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles had received the word of God. And when they came to Jerusalem, those of the circumcised, uh, circum, those who were circumcised took issue with him. You went to an uncircumcised man and ate with him. Does that sound to me? <laughs> Jesus, you know, Jesus, he was 
publicans and tax collectors and prostitutes and so forth, and you ate with them. And, uh, and what did Jesus say? He said, the people who are well don't need a physician, but the people who are sick need a physician. And so, so Peter had, had some of these things. And in chapter 19, uh, excuse me, verse 19 of chapter 11, so when those who were scattered because of the persecution that occurred in connection with Stephen made their way to Cyprus and Antioch, speaking only to the Jews, speaking only to the Jews, verse 22. And the news reached the ears of the church of Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas off that. He said, Barnabas, you go. <laughs> Uh, you don't mind going, you go. We're going to send you up there. Verse 26 of chapter 11. And when he had found him, he was looking for Saul. He was looking for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. For an entire year, they met with the church and taught considerable numbers. And the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. <clears throat> okay. Verse chapter 12. Just a little... Just a little, uh, we talk about Peter's uh, arrest and Peter's deliverance. And in verse 19 of chapter 12, Peter leaves Acts, uh, so to speak. Uh, he, he's mentioned a time or two, but we don't see his exploits and what he's done. Basically, from then on, we talk about and Saul and Silas and Barnabas and the missionary journey. All right. Chapter 13. <clears throat> Chapter 13. Now they were at Antioch in the church, and they were there. Apostles, teachers, Barnabas, and Simeon, who is called Niger, and Cyrene, and so forth. They brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. And, uh, and while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for, for me. This is the Lord talking. Set apart for me. Saul, for to the work which I have called thee. And he talks about it in verse 9 of that 13th chapter. But Saul, who was known as Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, fixed his gaze on him. From that point on, we don't have anything to say about Saul, but everything is said about Paul. So at that point, his name stuck, so to speak, and he was Paul from then on, and not Saul. <clears throat> okay. Now, in, uh, in, let's see, verse 44 of chapter 13, and the next, <clears throat> and the next Sabbath, nearly the whole assembly, uh, to, um, excuse me, the next Sabbath, neither the whole city Assembled to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and contradicting the things spoke by Paul, and they were blaspheming. And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and said, It is necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first, since you repudiated it and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. Their, their mode of operation before was go to the synagogue and teach to the Jews. But because they kept getting all rebuttal and all the, 
heartburn from the Jews, he says, we're going to turn to the Gentiles. John 1, he says, he came unto his own, but his own received him not. But as many as received him, he gave them the power to become the sons of God. By goodness. That's where we come in. That's where we are grafted in to the to the to the family of God through our Gentile heritage. So, chapter 14. And this is where he starts talking about these churches. On Paul's first missionary journey, he went to the area, state, nation of Galatia, and he talked to these, these churches. Verse 1, in Iconium, Iconium, verse 6, uh, <clears throat> Lystra and Derby and another kind of starts with the L. And he talks about all of these places that they went in chapter, in chapter 14. In chapter 19, but the Jews came from Antioch. That's Antioch in, in, in Galatia. And Iconium, and having won the crowd, they sold Paul and dragged him out of the sea, supposing him to be bad. That's verse 19, y'all. Verse 19. I'm sorry. Thank you, y'all. It's still chapter 14. <laughs> I look at the clock and my brain doesn't go quite like my tongue goes. There's a lot of us. Alright, Acts 14, verse 19. But the Jews came from Antioch and Iconium. And they, he talks about all, all of this. And when you get back down to verse 26, and they sailed to Antioch. Well, that's Assyria. Like Paul Barrett wrote his map here. See, they, they were down here. And, and, and they sailed across here to this Antioch. They were here. They sail across here to this Antioch. So he, what they, where are they going? They're going back to Jerusalem. Chapter 15. Chapter 15. Some men came down from Judea and began teaching the brother, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And Paul and Barnabas and great dissension and debate within. And the brethren determined that Paul and Barnabas and some of the others should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and to the elders and and get the matter resolved. So they did. <clears throat> Verse 6. And the apostles and the elders came together to look at the matter. And Peter stood up. Peter stood up. I'm going to paraphrase it now. Peter says, I had my revelation with Cornelius. The Jews are not the only ones that get the gospel, but the Gentiles do too. And so he says, verse 11, you need to hang, hang on to verse 11. But we believe that we are saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus in the same way as that also. We're saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, and they are too. Verse 12, and all the people kept silent. They were listening to Barnabas and Paul as they were relating the signs and wonders that God had done among the Gentiles. Now, so James, the Lord's brother, beginning in verse 13, hey, brother, he was uh, pretty high up in the, in the church at that point in time, and he said, verse 19, Therefore it is my judgment that we do not trouble those who are turning to God from among the Gentiles. 
but that we write to them that they abstain from the things contaminated by idols from fornication and from what was strangled with blood. Verse 23, they sent a letter to them. Verse 28, and it seemed good that the Holy Spirit to lay to lay to us, excuse me, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon no greater things that you abstain from sacrifice, things sacrificed by idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from fornication. If you keep yourself free from such things, you do well. Farewell. Mm. All of that, it's not circumcision, it's grace alone. And today, it's Jesus plus nothing. If anybody says you need to read this book or that book or do this or pay that, it's Jesus alone that gives us salvation. Now, Ark's going to pick up next week in the first chapter. And right quick, Right quick, he says, why have you forgotten the things that I taught you? Why have you forgotten the things that I taught you? So we'll pick up there next week the first chapter uh, of the book of Galatians, and we'll, we'll see where we can go. Thank you for being here. You're a good-looking group. You really are. And I'm sorry my tongue didn't keep up with my brain. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's, part of, that's part of my... That's part of the show. Okay. Let's go to the Lord and we'll pray. Father, we thank you for all you are. We thank you for loving us. And we thank you for a long time ago. You moved in the rock in the heart of, of, of Luke to write. He wrote down what he knew because he had traveled with Luke. Uh, traveled with Paul. And, and he wrote it down in an orderly sequence uh, that we can have it today. And then on this first missionary journey, there was time when, when uh, Paul was burdened about these people in Galatia. And he sat down and wrote. And he wrote what we know is Galatians. Father, help us as I, in our study as we go this week, next week. Help us corporately as we begin to look at the, at the littleness of Galatians. Father, we thank you for all you are. We thank you for our church and people. Their love for you and their love for the Lord and their love for each other. May we read these on our prayer list and read what we talk about. Hold us close to you. Love us unto yourself. And when we leave here today, say us be good. Be in God's hands. In Jesus' name we ask. Yeah. Well, Art, Art stands behind the pulpit.